Grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied abundantly unto you all through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, it's after Easter. Jesus has risen from the dead, and it's Confirmation Sunday. Now, most of us here have been confirmed in the faith. So what's next? What does the future look like for us together as God's people? And especially for our young confirmants, what does the future look like for you? And I'm going to keep doing my job. I'm going to encourage you to keep the faith. I believe you will. I have hope for you. And when I look at you, I think of the many classes we spent together, me teaching you the teachings of the scripture. I have great hope for you. And I'm here today to tell you why. Yes, you've learned a lot about the Christian faith. You've learned about the Bible, Ten Commandments, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You learned about baptism, the Lord's Supper. You learned about prayer. You learned about the importance of confessing your sins. You learned that God made you his child, forgave you your sins, and that one day you're going to go to heaven. Anything else? Did I miss anything? Yes, you also learned that we respond to God's incredible love for us by desiring to live a godly life for him. So my question for you today is, do you desire to live a godly life? Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. All, how many? All, and you're included in the all. All who desire to live a godly life. All who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus. That means he's at the center. He's the boss. You're connected to him. So, yes, you do. Will be blank fill in the blank all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be blank now if it was written today that bible verse the prominent answer would be blessed because that is what so many people teach all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be blessed if you're sick, come to Jesus. If you're poor, come to Jesus. If you're single, come to Jesus. Whatever you want, come to Jesus. He'll bless you. He'll give you a job. He'll give you health. He'll give you prosperity. Jesus is the big pinata in the sky. Bring your stick. Make your request. And so what happens then, people sign up for Christianity. And then they get disappointed with God. They go out into the world and they find that a lot of people don't believe in God or Jesus Christ, or at least not the way they learned in church. And not only that, but they find people are hostile towards Christians and blame Christians for all kinds of things. When it seems like the cultural tide is against you and or Personally, in your life, in your own life, when circumstances make it feel as if you're losing, 
and it's not going well. The question is, where is God in all of this? And people go to strange places. They'll say, well, maybe God doesn't exist. Or they might say, maybe God exists, but he's not powerful. Or maybe God exists, and he is powerful, but he's not good. He doesn't care. People end up in all kinds of bad places, and some people, well, a lot of people, even walk away from God. Well, I signed up for blessing, and what I got was persecution. I didn't sign up for that. Actually, yes, you did. All who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. That's what the Word of God says. Yes, you may be blessed as well, but you will be persecuted. God does not promise a comfortable journey, only a safe landing. And I want to be clear on that. From now, today, when you make your public confession of your faith, from now until the day you go to heaven, there will be suffering and there will be persecution. Now, Christians are not a big fan of suffering and persecution. Believe me, we don't like it. We're not excited about that. In fact, sometimes when we share the gospel with someone, we don't even include that part. Jesus loves you. He has a wonderful plan for your life. Confess your sins. He will forgive you, and then he will take you to heaven to live with him forever. Yeah, but what about the middle part? I mean, the time between your confession and your going to heaven. That part we call life. What about that part? I'm going to be honest with you today and tell you that some people will hate you. Some people will say horrible things about you. Being a Christian may cost you a good job. It may cost you some relationships. It's going to be very difficult. And I've got to tell you this because it's the truth. And especially today. I don't want you to be another Christian young person who ventures out into the world and then finds out that people don't believe the same as you and they start to persecute you. No, you're not going to be thrown to the lions like the early Christians were. You're not going to be crucified upside down like Peter. Jesus talks about this reality with those who follow him in Matthew chapter 5, verse 11. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and say falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. So our blessing is actually our suffering. When others insult you, I mean, you've heard people say, Christians believe God made the world. <laughs> Christians are anti-science. Christians hate people of other cultures. Christians are intolerant. Christians are narrow-minded. Christians are no fun. I mean, anybody have a TV? Anybody on social media? Maybe you got a neighbor? Have you heard these things? It's called reviling. It's called falsely saying all kinds of evil against you because of me. 
Jesus said, they persecuted me. They will persecute you. That's what he said. We will get in trouble for speaking about Jesus. And they will try and silence us by shaming us. That's the world we live in. Not a whole lot different than the early church. Now that's the bad news. Now here's the good news. And by the way, when you come to this church, you'll always get a little bit of bad news and you'll get, a, you get some good news. We call that the law and the gospel. Now let me tell you the good news. God will not abandon us. Even when life might get difficult, he sends his Holy Spirit to bring us courage. Now, I want to tell you about two confirmation students. And the circumstances are similar to yours, and I'll tell you why. And this is another reason I have so much hope for the two of you. Yeah, these other confirmation students, they went to confirmation for three years, about. They had a much better teacher, of course. His name was Jesus. And the two guys I'm thinking about were Peter and John. Yes, they got persecuted too, but they stood up for what they believed. The Holy Spirit made them bold, and because of it, the church grew, people's faith grew, and people became bold in their witness also. One day after the resurrection of Jesus, so it was after Easter, just like you, Peter and John went to church to pray. There was a man who was lame from birth. He's suffering. He's begging. He's asking for money. You can read about it in Acts chapter 3. There's no social assistance. He can't work. Peter and John tell him, Silver and gold we do not have, but in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, arise and walk. This guy who's never, never stood up in his life, his legs are instantly healed. He jumps up. He's totally healed. It happened in public. It's confirmed here in Acts by Luke, the physician, who's recording all this. And by the way, if you ever feel persecuted, read the book of Acts. They get arrested. They get thrown in jail, Peter and John. Why? Because the guy was healed? No, because they started talking about Jesus. Someone asked, well, who healed this guy? Jesus did, they answered. Well, who's Jesus? Well, he's God. Well, where is he? He's in heaven. Well, how did he heal him? Well, he can heal from heaven because he's sovereign God, God Almighty, who rules over everything. Let me tell you more about this Jesus. And he does. And here's what I want you to know. We won't get in trouble for serving. We will get in trouble for speaking. There's no controversy around serving. All the controversies around speaking. If we just go out and feed the hungry, that's no problem. We love the hurting, no problem. We give generously. We support single moms and kids who don't have a dad. That's not a problem. We volunteer in public schools to be part of the community and to love kids. That's not a problem. We collect coats and socks for the poor and food for the hungry. Not a problem. But if we say, Jesus loves you and he told us to love you, 
Well, then the problem is what we've spoken. It's what we've said. So a lot of cowards like to turn Christianity into nothing but serving and to get rid of the speaking because it's the speaking that causes our suffering. And yet, Jesus served and he spoke. Oh, did he speak. And Jesus' people are to serve and speak and to do so boldly, not cowardly. Peter and John were questioned by the authorities, the chief priests and the elders and the teachers of the law. And they asked Peter and John, by what power or what name did you do this? Then, the Bible says, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we're being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and are asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. He is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the capstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Wow. This is what two confirmation students did after they were filled with the Holy Spirit and had the knowledge that Jesus died on the cross for their sins and rose from the dead for them and lives and reigns in heaven over everything that he is in control of everything and their lives. And I love this next part. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. They were just ordinary men. Nothing special, but they had an extraordinary God who loved them and filled them with courage and boldness. Now you see why we get, we get you to take confirmation classes for two years in this church. We want you to get to know the God of the Bible and your Savior, Jesus Christ. And we hope you continue to get to know him. Just like Peter and John did. Now you know also why on the day of your confirmation we ask you to stand up. Make your confession public. Just like Peter and John had to do. And that is to prepare you to do the same out in the world. We come together every Sunday. We stand up and we confess our faith. And it's good and it's, it's great. But that's just practice for what we do outside of this building, out in the real world. We practice believing here, but out there we really live out our faith. Now you also know why we pray that God fill you with his Holy Spirit. That's part of the confirmation rite. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and power, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Because it's the Holy Spirit that works through the means of grace, 
the word of God and the sacraments to give you faith and to keep you in the faith, to make you courageous as you face the future. It's my prayer that you would not lose your boldness, that you will serve and speak in the name of Jesus, that you would be led by the Holy Spirit just like Peter and John, and know what to say and know when to say it, that you will know that God is in control. And though we may not know what the future is, we know who holds the future. He's watching over everything and he's watching over you. He has filled your heart with his love. He has made you faithful. And we pray that God would continue to do his good work in you your whole life. Amen.